Welcome to self. Self-expression, self-exploration, self-discovery that lead to self-education. I'm your host, Courtney Brain. I am coming to you live from my bed the morning that this episode should be released. (laughs) Uh, I've been doing this a lot lately in the last few weekends. It just kind of snuck up on me. They've come and gone. Uh, Timing has sucked uh, as far as being able to record. Just given uh, outside noises, uh, fireworks, construction. The construction's like sun up to sundown. And... I usually uh, record my podcast midday uh, because there's no construction. But even yesterday, there was stuff going on outside my apartment, uh, like cars just riding by with music playing super loud. And last night when I tried to record, I was just tired. <laughs> so here we are at 2 a.m. Uh, I'm getting this thing going. Uh, there were a couple of different things I wanted to speak on. Um, So maybe these will end up being two episodes. We'll see what the time looks like. But uh, the first thing is, I believe I mentioned struggling with stillness in a past episode, the one where I talked about my healthy cry, right? (laughs) Uh, And to, well, yesterday, um, when I had my yoga teacher training, what we ended up doing was a more restorative practice. And in this restorative practice, I learned something about myself. I ended up only, I ended up being the only person from class uh, that attended um, because the other lady who came, her power had gone out, so she couldn't stay for the rest of the class. But I think a lot of other people just didn't remember the schedule change or it was the holiday um, or something. But the teachers can basically just see me. So all eyes are on me, right? <laughs> so class begins, we get set up. And I remember she asked me, and this was a couple of minutes into um, the the class. She's like, make sure you can hear me. I'm going to call you out of whatever. And so my air conditioner had kicked on and I was like, oh, that's going to be a thing that happens. Let me go grab my headphones. I run, I go grab my headphones. I try to connect to my new laptop because I hadn't connected to the Bluetooth yet, not since uh, I've gotten the laptop. So making an attempt to connect to the Bluetooth was a challenge. I think it took me like seven minutes. So all she can see is like up my nose where I'm, <laughs> I'm pressing buttons in the screen. You, you make a face where you're doing something focused and intense. Your mouth's open and you're breathing through your mouth. That was me. So uh, I took probably 10 minutes to do that, and it still wasn't great, but uh, I ended up, you know, trying to muscle through it. And there was just this, like, staticky noise with the sound as if the speakers were going to blow. Mine's just a new laptop. So maybe it needed to be broken in. I don't know. So I tried to play with the sound settings. And then after a while, I just grabbed my phone and tried to connect to my Bluetooth, which took me another five minutes because I had to disconnect and reconnect and close things down from the screen, go back and try and get comfortable. I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. All day, there had been this one fly in my apartment that just wouldn't leave me alone. I have this entire apartment. Somehow this fly keeps attacking me. 
So, I'm lying on the floor, I'm lying on my back, on my bolster, hands to the side, in just relaxation mode. And this fly keeps landing on me somewhere, whether it be um, my arm, my wrist, uh, or my like ankle or shin area. And I just feel it and I keep like jumping and swatting at that area and it keeps happening. Um, mind you, teacher can see everything that's happening, right? <laughs> um, because I'm the only person in the class. So um, we end up uh, at a, a point in the meditation where I just said, I need to get up and do this. So I got up and I ran into my room. I put on some sweatpants. I put on socks and I put on a hoodie. I turned my air conditioner temperature down so that it would kick on uh, so that I wouldn't be sweating like crazy in class. Then what I ended up doing was turning a fan on and I put it on myself. So I lie down, I got this hoodie on, I got my hot clothes, I'm listening to her uh, do the meditation, lead the practice for the restorative class, and I end up feeling this sensation on like my forehead, nose area, and I swat at it. And I am, at this point, the most agitated that I've been. Because <laughs> I, I tightened it up even more. And I even had to put the strings under my my nostrils, which slowed my breathing more. But it was worth it to not have this fly land on my face. So I got a couple of minutes of just peace and quiet before uh, we got called out of it. And we had to journal. So we are told to journal. Well, I'm told to journal. Uh, she told the class to journal for anyone who uh, would have been joining later, right? And in my journaling, I realized something. That fly taught me a very, very valuable lesson. It was a reflected um, truth of mine. That reflected truth being that it seems that no matter how often or um, how hard I try to make time for myself, whatever that looks like, uh, rest, relax. Anytime I try and do anything where I'm prioritized, it's not that I'm uncomfortable. There's just this annoyance. There's this thing, this obstacle. Something comes along and I prioritize that thing, in this case, the fly, over my ability to be present with whatever it is that I am aiming to do. This fly was social media. This fly was phone notifications. This fly was... Uh, getting a phone call or a text message while I'm taking a class of some sort, uh, whether it be a workout or a yoga class. It was all of those things represented by something that has the one of the shortest lifespans of anything on this planet, a fly. I let this fly interrupt my peace. What other ways do I do that? How often do I find myself in situations where I say to myself, I am going to prioritize me. 
and then I don't prioritize me. Someone needs something. A phone call comes through. Uh, an opportunity comes up. Someone's like, hey, you want to grab lunch? And this even looks like when I talk about making all of my food, I'm going to be cooking all of my meals for the next month. And then someone hits me up, hey, you know, I, I owe you that dinner that I promised you, and I want to make good on that today, and it's been months. How easy is it for me to just be like, hey, no, not today, or not right now? How can I be patient with the fly? Do I just let it rest on me in one spot? Do I get up and kill it? <laughs> and with people, you know, what do I do? Do I ignore the phone calls? I mean, typically the window of time is about a half hour to an hour. Whenever I'm recording podcasts, I don't have to worry about um, anyone um, calling me or texting me during the recording because my phone's on airplane mode. So what's the what's the airplane mode for my self-care time? What's the airplane mode for the 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 fly? I think about all these ways that I'm so easily distracted and taken away from being with myself, being in my own presence, feeling my own state of being, my own energy. What I think about is just how intense that is for me. How intense it can be and how much I look for that intensity reflected back to me from the world. The world should mirror my intensity. Not, but, but how can I ask that of the world? How can I ask that of a partner, of a, a friend? when I'm unwilling to embrace and experience the intensity of myself. And when I say the intensity of myself, I mean my own natural state of being. And I learned something today as well. I learned that numb is an emotion. And numb is something that I've felt for a really long time now. I've always felt like, based on some childhood trauma of my dad telling me he's going to come get me at this time on this day, and then I'm waiting and he doesn't show up. What happened there is that I was told something was going to happen. I got excited about the possibility of the thing happening. I probably envisioned in my head, you know, who I'm going to be for the weekend, everything I was going to do, my schedule. And then it didn't happen. This was a repeat thing. So over and over again, I am being communicated by to by a caregiver 
I'm being communicated that with that a thing is going to happen. Yay, it's okay for you to get excited. Grooming up these this identity of who I am on weekends, who I am going to be in the presence of my dad versus my mom and grandpa. Only for it not to happen. This happened often. To the point where I stopped getting excited beforehand. And I say beforehand because it took for me to mature and recognize just how often I don't get excited. People think I get excited about food, I get excited about sex. These are two things that seem to get me excited, but I am more so relieved than anything that these two things happen. I'm more relieved after the fact than I am excited beforehand or satisfied after. The feeling is just an ongoing, like I can't tell the difference between being excited and disappointed because now I've been groomed to expect disappointment. You know, even to this day, what my dad has gotten better at now as an adult since I've brought this to his attention is letting me know when plans change. I didn't have that before. Before something would happen, something come up, and I just wouldn't know. It was just like, all right, my dad told me he was coming. He didn't come. Here I am waiting on dad or just doing whatever else it is that I'm going to be doing. And that, that, that hardened me. It made me more callous to being convinced of or being excited about beforehand, really anything. It takes for the thing to happen for me to get excited. And that excitement isn't even excitement. Like I said, it's relief. It's relief that a person did what they said they were going to do. And I don't even allow myself to create an identity around um, being hopeful for who I'm going to be, who I need to be in those situations because of so much grieving I've had to do um, with that disappointment throughout my childhood. It makes it hard for me to plan for the future. It makes it hard for me to get pumped about things that I do, things that other people do, because there's this constant state of expecting disappointment, which to me offers that same level of intensity of emotion as excitement does. Same thing to me. I don't know the difference. But what I do know is that by the end of it, I feel relieved. I know that Uh, A lot more things are in my control now. And even with me, I try not to get excited ahead of time. I think that what healing this is going to look like is, and excuse me, it's going to look like an indulgence in extremes. Healing for me from this is going to look like indulging in the extreme of calling out what's going to happen and making it happen. I can control this in myself. I said I'm going to have a podcast. I'm going to I'm going to journal. I'm going to self-reflect once a week to check in with myself. Here I am on 14 weeks and I'm relieved that I did that. But what I want to do is start to announce I am going to blank 
I am going to do this, this time, this day. And with that, I believe it's going to earn self-trust for me. Even if it's something as simple as I'm going to go to the bathroom, I'm going to sleep all through the night, I'm going to cook this food, I'm going to do this workout. And sit with it for a second, create space for me to, to you know, overwrite those childhood beliefs of if I get excited, then I'll be disappointed. So I may as well just remain numb and allow myself to feel relief once said event has occurred. You know, even if I, I, I'd say it to people and even when I say, oh, yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to see you or I'm excited to meet you. Even when I say that, there's this anxiety that rides along that wave. There's this anticipation of being let down. There's this anticipation of disappointment of them needing a reschedule, of them not answering at all. My mind goes there. Why? I'm a dope human to come go on a date with now. I'm great for whatever else it is. Balance, I'm good for uh, good conversation, whatever. But I've made myself so numb that this is my state. This is my natural state now. A natural state of numbness. So what does indulging in the extremes look like for healing? That's it. It just looks like me no matter, even if I'm going to do it, you know, I am going to walk to the restroom and then bam, I walk into the restroom. Say what you're going to do, say when, and even go as far as to say how. And eventually, hopefully, I'll be able to get to the point where this this self-confidence is so real that I'm able to radiate the natural excitement so that I can begin to draw in the people, the the things, the experiences that accompany the feelings of excitement, things that I have to be excited about. And for a lot of people, like, I I have that excitement. Like, I have, I I want to have it, at least. (laughs) But it's really difficult for me to only experience excitement over disappointment. Because, like, I expect that disappointment from people. I expect that people are going to let me down. Why? Because all that's doing is revalidating my life experience as a youth. You know? So that's what I'll do. I'm going to begin doing that, declaring what I'm going to do before I do it, even if it's right before, seconds leading up to it, and let myself breathe and feel the sensation prior to doing the thing, into doing the thing, and then at the end of it, afterwards. Allow myself to have the same, uh, allow myself to have that for myself. I deserve that. Yeah, I deserve that. So I offer you that, you know, because it, it also parallels alongside dating. It also parallels your career, your personal aspects of your life, passions. Take some time to look at your relationship with your caregivers and reflect on how they, uh, those relationships may have 
become familiar in a way, so to speak, to the point where you seek out that familiarity, you seek out that safety, that emotional safety of the known, because that to you is more tolerable than the risk of success and a pleasant, um, a pleasant, uh, the of the possibility of experiencing, you know, something good, something great, someone good and great, because we're stuck in this cycle of familiarity. We want to run back to what's familiar, what's safe. And that's often not even, you know, the safer thing for us. It's often done us far more harm than good, far more harm than good. I touched the phone and it did a weird thing. So I repeated that. (laughs) That's enough for today. I think that uh, I'll transition into the next topic, which will be uh, I'd interviewed an author of Breakthrough to Breakup, Aaron L. Davidson, and it was a really great podcast uh, interview that will go on the uh, season two podcast feed of Something Positive for Positive People under the name Something Positive from Positive People. If that makes sense. I hope that does. Now, this is something I'm excited about and I'm allowing myself to be because it's a big transition. It started out as something I didn't have expectations for, and then it grew to have its own need for me to have discipline, for me to be on a regular basis, you know, the, the legs of the organization, so to speak. So now that it is where it is, I'm at a place where I have to be uh, I have to be in this space of uh, creating my identity as this podcaster, this nonprofit founder, uh, and align that with the mission of the organization because this organization is important to me. This organization's mission is important to me. The people who are associated with it are important to me. So it's important that I get out of this space of continuously just feeling numb. Let myself get excited, make myself excited, and give people the opportunity to excite me. I shouldn't expect disappointment and, you know, the use of language like, oh, here we go again, or it's always like this, because that's where I've been at, and I am, you know, I'm there now. I want to get out of it. It's as simple as that. This is one way for me to be able to do so, having this accountability format, this this tool for accountability and consistency and discipline. And that's what self has become for me. Again, it's self-exploration, discovery, and expression. All through self-education. Like This is where my self-education is coming from. And I got so much more to learn from people as time progresses, but uh, this was just something that I felt a need to share that experience, um, when you prioritize yourself, prioritize yourself. Thank you once again for being here. Go out and implement this stuff. It's gonna it's powerful. It's powerful stuff here. Thank you. <laughs>